0: So we all know the Easter story, don't we? We all know it very well. But I'm just going to read a little from Matthew 28 that starts off the Easter morning. Matthew 28, beginning at verse 1. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he is risen. As he said, come, see the place where the Lord lay and go quickly and tell his disciples and he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he's going before you into Galilee and there you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples word. <coughs> wow, he is risen. He is risen. Do you know what? Um, let's Let's get to some basic fundamentals here. You know, Jesus was seen as a threat in the Roman times. He was seen as a threat because actually there were many people following. He was creating a bit of a stir. He was creating a bit of an upset in the cities and the towns. People were talking about this Jesus. This Jesus. And so the, the Roman officials were not happy. So when He when they when the accusers said, okay, we, we want him tried. He's messing things up. When the Pharisees said, We want him brought to account. Pilate gave the opportunity and said, which would you like to try, Jesus or one of the robbers? And they they said, Jesus. So Jesus went to the cross. He was found guilty. But here's the thing. The Roman officials were so concerned that they put a guard to make sure that his body wasn't stolen. Wouldn't that have been a great story? The tomb is empty. And so the Romans were concerned that maybe the body might be stolen They say, hey, he's risen. But do you know what? Even the guard was overcome. The tomb, they sealed the tomb. They didn't just kind of Just put him in the tomb. They sealed the tomb. The the stone, I, I don't believe this stone was small at all. Not the kind of thing that just you or I could just move out of the way. But you know, in these times, the Romans did not want Jesus to rise. So the first thing, and here's the thing. There is so much documentation about the resurrection of Jesus. Not just in the Bible, but in Roman documents. It's a well-documented piece of history. So if anybody wants to say, well, I, d- I don't believe in this resurrection stuff, I say, go and look at the evidence, not just the Bible. Look about what was spoken about in the Torah in the, in the Old Testament, saying that Christ was coming. He was going to die. He was going to be crucified. There in Isaiah, prophesied hundreds of years before, down to the detail. I'm not going to go into the details today, but down to the detail. And so Christ was crucified. That's a miracle in itself because he's God's son. He was sent to this earth for you and for me. And so God sent his son, as he says in, as it says in John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now, this is the crux of our faith that firstly, God sent his son, son of God, son of man, perfect in every way. Tempted? Yes. Yielded? No. And he even on the cross said, if you know God, if it's your will, I will follow you. I will do what you need me to do there on the cross. Even looking at those around about him said, forgive them for they know not what they do. And he cried out to God on that cross and said, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabastani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus just sensed that God had left him just for a moment as he died. But the empty tomb speaks of so much more. But I don't just want to talk about the truth of the resurrection, the historical. E- impact, the moment in history 2,000 years ago, that, that Christ died and rose again. But the impact on us as believers. Okay, we might believe it as a historical fact, but so what? What does it mean to you and to me that God sent his one and only son that should not perish, but he, he was crucified and he rose again? Because resurrection needs to be at the centre of our faith. Resurrection needs to be at the centre of who we are as Christians. Because there are many things that can be crucified. Okay, today we remember Christ crucified. And his body laid in the tomb. And what what would it have been to be with the Marys as they went to dress the body? I don't don't know what, what... I don't know when you've ever been, when you go to a funeral, Funeral, you're not excited. You know, you know he, they were going to dress his body. They're going to prepare his body. So I, they, they weren't excited. They were probably talking about, you know, what had happened over the weekend. And then they get to the tomb and the stone is rolled away. And oh, my goodness. And there's an angel standing there. Oh, my goodness. And then the tomb is empty. I, I don't know. Again, maybe they thought, who's stolen his body? And then the angel says, see, he's no longer here. He is risen. He is risen. I mean, it must be exciting enough to have met an angel to then be there and see that Jesus has risen. that. I would just as sense inside me this excitement, starting. He's alive! He's alive! Just that—you'd you know, you, probably go around that loop. Is he really? And I, you know, even Thomas, you know, he said, "I will not believe till I put my hand in his side." Even Thomas, known as doubting Thomas now because of this, that I will not believe until I see, even though the ladies said they'd seen him, even others had seen him, and ate with him and broken bread with him, Thomas said, I will not believe until I put my hand in his side. And for all of us, there may be a reality where we need to come to a place where we go, uh, we get to a crisis. A friend of mine, um, Simon, Not this Simon, another Simon who I used to work with. Um, Not a Christian. And uh, he came into me one day and he shut the door of my office and he sat down. Now, when anybody comes into your office and shuts the door, I don't just mean let it swing to. He shut it and made sure that the lock had clicked. And he sat down and I said, "Okay, time for a serious conversation. He was my boss at the time. And he said to me, Dave, he said, do you have to go through a crisis to become a Christian? I thought that's an interesting question. I don't know how you'd have answered this. He said, "Dave, do you have to be? Do you have to go through a crisis to become a Christian?" I said, well, "It depends what you mean by crisis, actually." He said, "Well, you know, I've got friends who've become Christians. You know, somebody died in their family and they become Christians. So somebody else who at church, who at the company we're working at, had broken their leg and in their recovery had become a Christian. Somebody else who'd been away to Spring Harvest." And um, he'd so radically changed. Charlie was his name. He was a sales director, and um, he had a, ma- a foul mouth. If I'm honest with you, he had a foul mouth. That, you know, unpleasant words came out from his mouth on a regular basis. And I walked into—this is the story about Charlie. Now, I walked into ch- uh, into church, into work uh, one one Monday morning. As I walked through the door, the lady on reception said, "Morning, Dave." And I said, "Hi. How are you?" She said, "Have you heard about Charlie?" Uh, now, I just walked into the office. This was my fear. I didn't even know which Charlie. We had more than one Charlie at work. So I said, uh, no, why? What, thinking somebody had been run over or something. I said, no, no, no. no um, why? Which Charlie? Oh, Charlie, Charlie, the sales director went, OK. What's happened? Is he, is he OK? And she said, well, I don't really know. But he's changed. He came in this morning at half past seven. And he said hello to me. And he smiled. And he greeted me. And he, um, something's changed. And the, this word had gone out through all the building. Charlie's come to work and he's changed. And so I got an opportunity later on in the morning to go and see Charlie. And I walked into his office and Charlie shut the door and made sure it clicked. And he said, Dave, you'll never believe this. I said, well, you've got to tell me then, Charlie. And he was radiating. He was beaming. It was like you'd had a, turned a light on inside his body. He was just radiant. I said, I can see something's happened, Charlie. Have you fallen in love? Uh, and he, he went, Well, yeah, you might put it like that, Dave. I said, Okay, um, tell me about it. And he said, Well, my wife and I went to an event down in Minehead and I'm sitting there thinking, Okay, I know what this is now. And he said, Yeah, I went I went and I didn't really want to go, but I went for the kids and I ended up going to this meeting and I met with this guy called Jesus. And this guy called Jesus has turned my world upside down. He said, everything that I did, I've had to change so many things, he said. But do you know what? It's been so easy. He said, I stopped swearing like that. He said, it wasn't hard work. And he used to smoke like a chimney as well. He said, I stopped smoking within, within a couple of days. He just said, I, I couldn't stand the smell. I couldn't stand the taste. He said, it just went from me. And uh, I went, OK, Charlie, that's brilliant. That's fantastic. I said, do you know everybody's talking about it? He said, I don't care. I don't care, he said. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I said, well, don't tell your wife that. <laughs> he said, well, actually, I have, and she's very pleased too, because his wife was a Christian. But the point I'm making is, you know, he talked about resurrection life. He talked about a changed life. He said, I have been born again. He said, you can see it on the outside. I said, "Guy, okay, mate, I can see it on the inside too. I can see that from inside you, you have truly changed. You are truly different. And say, so keep on being who God's called you to be because you will make a difference in so many places. he got resurrection life. He'd got many things died in that, those few weeks. Many things. He talk, we had many conversations. He talked about having to die to, you know, actually how, how could he be a salesman now? He said, because actually he'd step on people, he'd crush people, he'd overwhelm people with his attitude. He said, now I've got to win people by loving them. He said, I've got to win deals by being nice to people rather than pushing them and squeezing them on price. He said, it's a new world for me. Do you know what? Here's the interesting thing, because I remained at the company for another 18 months after he became a Christian. He became more fruitful as a sales director by being nice to people and not being nasty and hard and pushy with them. He closed more deals in those 18 months than he had in the previous, I think it was three years. Just, you know, God can change us completely. And yet it doesn't have to all be negative. I don't know whether you've got friends who say to you, I couldn't be a Christian, I can't keep all the rules. So excuse me, neither can I, neither can I, because the rules are man-made. All all God said was, you know, he gave us the 10 commandments as some guidelines as a foundation. But then Jesus came along and said, as I read out the beginning of the service, love your neighbor as yourself. Firstly, love God. Now love others. That's tough enough on its own without anything else. If you just want to keep that one law, which is what Jesus said, keep that one law. That's tough enough. That's all that we can do. And so I want to move on from the truth of the resurrection, the fact that it actually happened to what does it mean to us? And let's think about some things that die. Bring up the next slide. Um let's get a hold of some things. you know, hope can die. You might have hope for something, maybe hope for a project to be finished, maybe hope for a certain action to happen, maybe hope for a certain job. Uh, you know right now, Juliet is hoping for a number of things to happen in Uganda before she returns. But you know there are many hope killers in the world. there are people who come along and say, no oh, i wouldn't No, no chance. Sorry, mate, no chance. I once was flying back from Milan and I was late. The traffic around Milan was terrible. Um, I got to check in and they said, you're going to have to run all the way, sir. We can't guarantee you're going to get on the plane because you don't have any luggage. We're willing to uh, let you in. But if you get to the gate, the plane may have left and we've warned the gate already that you're on your way. But if they have to leave, they have to leave. And I got to the gate and I got to the top of the thing and they were, they were packing up and the plane was still there. I could see it. And the guy on the gate said, sorry, sir, it's too late. Um, we, we've, we've closed things down. I went, oh, OK. So it's not possible. You will have to go and check in for another flight. So I went and I sat down and I prayed and I didn't particularly want anything to happen, but <laughs> the plane didn't move and it didn't move and it didn't move 10, 15 minutes later Eventually, somebody came up the ramp and said, uh, we've got to get an engineer in. The, the door won't shut. So I said, well, is there any chance I could get on then? They said, well, let's just see how long the engineer's going to take. The engineer was going to take another half an hour. The engineer came. And they said, sir, you can get on the plane. They'll let me on the plane. The, as soon as I got on the plane, the door shut perfectly. They didn't. I don't think, don't think it's anything to do with me. I'm not suggesting it was a miracle. You can read for it what you want. But the point I make in that moment my, my first thing was, okay, no chance, mate. You know, all hope is gone. No, you're not going to get on this plane. There's no way. If we've got resurrection hope, we can pick up the hope that we have and say, Lord, create more. Let's hope and believe for completed works. Let's hope and believe for things that need to happen. Let's hope and believe for resurrection. And then um, love. People fall in and out. We, we we sometimes kind of fall out with people. We, ooh, you know, you see it in the playground at school, you know, you have best mates, best mates. And I, I so feel, I used to be a primary school teacher and I so feel for some of the things that go on in primary school playgrounds. You'll see two or three kids and they've been best of friends and then something happens. Something simple happens, no, no big deal. And now they won't even talk to each other, you know, and they come home and they're both crying to their parents and you, You know, the reason I know this is because they come back and then talk to the teacher and say, excuse me, and say, well, okay, this is part of life. But, you know, these these friends, they were their best mates. They loved one another. They, they, They hung out with one another in the playground. They did everything together. When I was at nursery school, so that's a long time ago, I was in a group called the Box Gang. And we had a box cart and we used to push it around the nursery. And the five guys that I was in the Box Gang with, I'm still in connection with four of them. 50-plus years later. Some of them I would describe as old-time good friends. You know, Philip, who I haven't seen for, for years. I'll tell you what, when we're together, it's just like we're, we're back there, back in primary school. And so you know, love can be squashed, but it can be resurrected. And I can think of someone who I know, I won't share their details, but let me just say their marriage was on the rocks their marriages on the rocks yet, are grown dry i said what's the point dave both he and she were saying to me i was friends with both of them were saying don't really see the point i said you know what i'm praying i'm praying so well i don't love him anymore okay that's what you feel right now that's fine that's okay that's reality i'd rather you were real with me than pretend because at least i can pray That's a great thing. If people can get real with you, so many people think that, uh, and and in fact, a different story. Um, I I remember a couple that I was getting alongside and somebody came up to me and said, Dave, you need to do something. They're talking about the D word. I said, and this is a couple that were married, got three kids. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, they're talking about the D word. You've got to do something. I said, you know what? I actually think it's okay to talk about divorce. Talk about it. Talk about it. And as I said, because actually they talked about it and they both separately decided they didn't want that. They wanted better than that. They wanted better for themselves. They wanted better for their kids. And so they looked at the dark side. They looked at the alternative and said, we don't want that. So let's work harder at this. And so in both situations that I've just talked about, love blossomed again. Love came again. And in the first instance, actually a child came again uh, much later in life. Not necessarily recommending that. But all I'm saying is love was resurrected. So don't give up. And then finally, resurrection life. You know, sometimes I can't carry on. There would be people in the room who know people who would say, I've had enough. People who are Depressed people who are downcast, people who are without work. And the first thing I want to start with is I want to pray because I'm willing to believe there's something more. I'm willing to believe there's something more. Believe in resurrection. I believe if God can raise his son from the dead, what can't he do? And we sang that song, Good Choice, of song Anya, all things are possible. We sang it and we sang it again. And the thing I like about that that particular version and the fact, because it goes on and you actually get to a point where you think, okay, it should stop now. I don't know whether you feel this, but actually I get to a point in that song every time we do it, when I get to a point and go, okay, it's time to finish now. And then it comes a few more times. All things are possible. And it's pushed beyond the comfort zone to going, okay, and I believe that. I think sometimes we need to push into God. Sometimes we need to press into God. Sometimes we need to lay hold of all things are possible. All things are possible. So just to be confusing, I'm now going to ask you to play the video that was at the beginning of my sermon. Let's that. Thank you. Yes, Jesus Christ is alive. He rose from the dead And that day, that Easter Sunday morning, that first Easter, when Mary and Mary Magdalene and Silas went to the grave expecting to anoint a dead body. They saw the angel sitting there. And they said, where is Jesus? The angel said, he is not here, he is risen. I submit to you tonight that that's the greatest news the world has ever heard. He is not here. He has conquered the queen. He's alive. Anybody recognize that voice? Yeah. Billy Graham yeah got to be with the Lord now but amazing man incredible man. point i want to make actually I, I should just just reminded i most easters i i normally go to a service which might be called a tenebrae service which you start with lights and it gradually gets darker and darker either on maundy thursday or on good friday and the candles will be turned out and i went to a tenebrae service which i don't think i've ever experienced before where they decided to dramatize so they had they typically you'd have a reading then you have a moment of contemplation and you blow a candle out and you gradually move into a place of darkness But at every moment, there was a dramatic punctuation after each reading. So when they talked about the 30 pieces of silver, somebody threw 30 coins across the stage in the church. As they talked about the garment being rent in two, the person who was doing the reading was tearing a piece of linen. As they talked about Jesus being nailed to a cross, somebody hammered a nail into a piece of wood and it brought to me you know almost the visceral part of Easter weekend of Jesus going to the cross being crucified and out of that moment of desperation arises hope because that is resurrection and so let me pray Let me pray. Let's just not get to a place where Easter and Resurrection Sunday is a piece of history, but it's a piece of living history for me and for you. Let me pray for those in the room, those listening online, those listening later. Father God, firstly, we want to thank you for sending your son, Jesus to this world, to pay the price. God of justice, God of completeness, God who shows justice for a price needed to be paid for a wrongdoing. But a God who showed mercy. The price did not need to be paid by you or me. but was paid by his son who stood in our place. (coughs) And then the grace that is shown. As we reminded, whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Father, thank you for sending your son. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. Jesus, thank you for going through the cross. Thank you for going and dying in our place. But Lord, we can look back now because we know the end from the beginning. We know that you sent your son so that the grave might be conquered, so that we can, with the disciples, with Mary and Mary and Salome, Lord, we can remember that the tomb is empty. He is no longer here. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And so we give thanks and we give praise. But Lord, we bring to you the circumstances and situations where things are dead or dying, church and those listening online just want to just pause for a moment think about somewhere where this might be relevant for you maybe it's a friend maybe it's you maybe it's somebody who's in your family but something is dying maybe it's perception maybe it's um eyesight maybe eyesight's going maybe it's self-worth there's so many things That in this modern world can be crucified under a weight of circumstance, situation, peer pressure, financial pressure, workplace, a whole bunch of things. And I want to speak very specifically to the places where things are dying. So would you think about whatever that is for you? And go and stand in that place. If you're going to stand for somebody, go and mentally stand in that place. and Go and stand with them. Maybe somebody you know has just been made redundant. Go and stand visually with them. Go stand with them. Hold their hand. Put an arm on their shoulder. Because I want to believe for resurrection hope, resurrection love, resurrection life doesn't always mean that things will return exactly the way they were. But they will change. They will be different. Breakthrough will come. And so, Father God, we lift these circumstances to you. We lift them to you and say, let your will be done. Lord, you have good plans, as he says in Jeremiah 29, 11. You have good plans and purposes for us. Father, help us to walk into the fullness of that destiny. For your glory and church i want to encourage each one of us those listening online too and those listening later have faith have faith have faith all things are possible in his name amen